our first Tanin Alachash year of the season. A bit of a funny topic, um, I, and I am interested in topics if you have any uh, suggestions. But I came across an interesting Shaila in a sefer called Ohel Yaakov. Uh, Ohel Yaakov was written by Tamachachim uh, Kvaritzol uh, by the name of Rabbi Skatchelis. For those of you from Bergenfield may know his brother, uh, Davin's, I think, Rabbi Nuberger Shul. So uh, Rabbi Skatchelis writes uh, all of these, he, he wrote a ton of Svarim, dozens of Svarim probably. And uh, when he, I invited him to come say a shir in YU, and uh, he gave me a copy of a sefer, Ohel Yaakov on the Halachos of Kavod HaSvarim. So he had the following Shiloh that he, and the way the format of the Sefer works is he asks his Shilohs to like a dozen Gedolim or a half a dozen Gedolim, and then he writes up their, uh, their answers that they, uh, that they give to him, some of them write him tshuvas. So uh, he had the following Shiloh. Let's say a person uh, puts out a bunch of Svarim on his desk, not because he wants to learn, but because he wants people who are coming to visit him to think that he's learning. Um, is that, <laughs> you're allowed to do that, to like appear smart. Like you come to the base marriage really early, and you just set up a whole bunch of Svarim here, and then you look out the window waiting, who's coming, who's coming, and as soon as someone's coming, you sit down in front of the Svarim, and they're like, wow, he must have been here for hours, piling up all these Svarim. So are you allowed to do that? Um, so uh, two, two, uh, two issues that he raises. One issue is the issue of... Geneva's dots. The other issue is lack of covered svarim. Um, the second one may apply to using svarim in other ways as well. Like uh, this happens very often. A bar mitzvah boy is taking pictures uh, before uh, before the Shabbos of his bar mitzvah. On Friday, sometimes they do pictures. So uh, the classic uh, picture is that the, the boy standing in front of a Torah. So they'll take out a sefer Torah and they'll open up the sefer Torah just as a prop in the picture for the uh, for the bar mitzvah boy. Or uh, even I, I had to take pictures recently for. Something and they said well, we want we want a picture of you uh, with a safer in front of you. So they took a random safer off the shelf and uh, and they opened it up in, in, in my desk in front of me to take a take a picture with it. Is that a lack of kavod svarim to use a safer as a prop in a picture? Or even if you don't open the safer, you want to take a picture somewhere in your house and uh, you want a nice background. So you could either have like the refrigerator in your kitchen as a background, or you go in front of your svarim shelf and you take uh, you know uh, a shelfie, right? You have uh, you have the uh, the, the svarim. As props in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the in the in the picture, is that a lack of covered svarim? So um, let, let's first discuss for a moment the isra of Gnevis Das, because Gnevis Das sometimes doesn't get its proper billing as a very severe isra in terms of the fact that, in a certain sense, Chazal consider it to be more chamur than Gnevis Mamon, and the Achronim grapple with the question of why it's considered to be so severe. So there's a sefer um, MS Kne which suggests that we can understand the severity of Gnevis Das in light of a comment of the Minchas Chinuch in Mitzvah Reish Chav Dalid. When he describes the difference between a Ganav and a Gazla, the Minchas Chinuch suggests that even if we're to assume that Gzela from a non-Jew is only Midrabanan, it's definitely Asr, but only Midrabanan, Gneva from a non-Jew, he suggests, is Asumita Oraisa. And the distinction between the two is, uh, is based on an understanding of the different categories of mitzvahs in general. The mitzvahs in the Torah generally we associate as mitzvahs ben adam lechavero and mitzvahs ben adam lomakom. However, the Gra very famously adds a third category to mitzvahs, and that is mitzvahs ben adam la'atzmo. The ben adam lechavero affects other people, ben adam lomakom is direct service of Kodesh Baruch Hu. ben adam la'atzmo is self 
improvement, right? But al-natsmo is becoming a better person, character development. So we have an obligation not only to serve God and not only to be kind to other people, but to become better people, to enrich our own personalities. So when a person steals openly, he violates Nisr bin al-Machavera by taking money that doesn't belong to him. When he steals discreetly, he's also revealing a lack of your Shemayim because he fears humans more than he fears God. And that's a violation of bin al Ma'atzmo as well. So on a, on a Torah level, the Torah may consider a non-Jew's property on some level midaraisa to be hefker and therefore not subject to gzela. But it says minchaschinuch, it still might be subject to gneva because the basic violation against oneself remains in place regardless of who you're stealing from. And therefore the minchaschinuch says that a person can violate gneva when stealing even less than a shavapruta, whereas a violation of gzela is only if you steal something that's a shavapruta. Similarly, Kinevas Das says the Sefer Amos, Kinevas Das may be worse than actual stealing because of the increased violation of Ben Adam La'atzmo when a person engages in Kinevas Das. A person who deceives other people becomes prone to dishonesty in other contexts. It doesn't feel as bad, it doesn't feel as Asr, and therefore it seeps into your persona much more easily than something that you automatically have a guilty conscience about, like uh, Ganevas Mamon. So that, that might be why Ganevas Das is considered so severe. The Gemara Chulin, Dafsadi Dala, tells us that it's also Lignov Das Abrios Afilu Das Akum, that it's the Isra of Ganevas Das clearly applies even to, uh, to non-Jews. So what did the Postcom say about this particular Shaila? So he quotes that Rav Nevensal and Rav Chaim Kanievsky, when asked if it's a violation of Grevis Das uh, and a violation of Bizayim Kedusha Sasfarim, they both responded with one word, Cain. But yes, it's a violation of both, of both of those things. If you're going to put out a bunch of svarim so that people can be impressed that you're a tamachacham, yeah, that's a violation of Grevis Das and, uh, and, and Kedush svarim. He then quotes the Shevet HaKasi, of Shammai Gross, who said that it's Gnevis Das, but if it would otherwise be a Chil Hashem, you could be Mekel. And he quotes the Sefer, Toldos HaChavitz Chaim, that says that when the Chavitz Chaim was very old, Chavitz Chaim was having a hard time learning when he was very old, he couldn't focus, he couldn't see, but what the Chavitz Chaim would do is he would open a Sefer in front of him so that, because he felt that if people came to visit the Chavitz Chaim and he didn't have a Sefer in front of him, that that would be a Chil Hashem. So B'makom Chil Hashem, he thought that it's mutter to do such a thing. Uh, then he quotes another Rav, who I never heard of, Rav Mazlumian, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name even, said that there's even a machlokas whether you can reserve a seat by putting a sefer on the, by the seat so that, and you don't plan on using the sefer. Um, there's Chuvas Az Nidbru, Binyam Zilber, and Chilik Vavsim Lam Tesos Hey only allows it if you're going to use that sefer, whereas the Chuvas Darash of Chakarta allow, always allows uh, using a sefer to uh, save a seat because it's not really Derek Bizayon of the uh, of the sefer. So he says that, but Kol Zeh, or that, that whole discussion is when there's Ezat Sorech the sefer, when there's some sort of need for the sefer. But over here, you're not using the sefer at all, you're just trying to impress people, and that's a Bizayon Sefer Kodesh. So it would seem that this is, you know, a lack of Midos, and this is not proper. Why am I mentioning all this? Because Rav Asher Weiss takes an entirely different approach. Rav Asher Weiss wrote a tshuva, and he explains that it is neither Ganevas Das nor a violation of Kavad Asfarim. And there's nothing wrong if a person knows that he's going to have a lot of visitors to put out a bunch of Asfarim on the safe, on the table so that people will, will, will come, they'll, they'll get the impression that, he's, uh, that, that that's what he's busy with, that he's busy with, uh, with learning. So Rav Asher explains uh, on each front. As far as Ganevas Das, Rav Asher explains, the issue of Ganevas Das is only when you're interested in getting something from the other person, similar to Ganevas Mamon. If you're interested 
interested in them giving you some sort of benefit, some sort of something in return. So uh, just stam being deceitful, stam being dishonest, is not a violation of Gnevis Das. If you just want to look good, and then there's no Isser. Now, if you want the, uh, the other person to praise you, you want them to give you something, then it would be a violation of Gnevis Das. So Vasha points out that the Rambam quotes the Allah of Gnevis Das, both in the 18th parak of Hilchus Mechira, and in the second parak of Hilchus Deus. And in both places, every single example he gives is about a case where you're trying to get something from the other party, where you're trying to get something from the other party. There is a discussion, uh, for example, if a person cheats on an exam, is that Kenevas Das from the teacher? Right, is that Kenevis Das from the teacher? So are you trying to get something from the other party? Now, it's certainly Aser. Everyone agrees that it's Aser. It's certainly Midvashaka Tirchak, and it's probably Kenevis Mamon if you end up getting into a graduate school or a better job or something like that. But the question is, is it Kenevis Das? I mean, you're, not, you're not expecting anything from the teacher. It's just automatic that that's the grade that you get. The teacher's not going to treat you any differently, give you any anything more. So there's what to discuss, whether it's a violation of Kenevis Das based on this Geder of Kenevis Das. Now, the Ram implies that there are two elements of the Yisr of Gnevis Das. There's a form of onaa b'mecher, that it's a type of, uh, of onaa, of deceitfulness, and then there's a violation of just midas ha'emes, because in Hilchus Deos he writes, elasvas emes nachon tahar that the Rabbin writes that a person should always just be truthful in terms of who he is, in terms of the way that he, be- that he behaves. But, if you're not looking for a direct benefit, and it just feels that it's, res- it's, it's disrespectful to receive guests without far him out on your desk because you're a rav or something like that. Oh, he, rav Ashwais compares it to wearing rabbinic garb for Kabbalat Kahal. He says if a rabbi is having a Kabbalat Kahal that people are coming, that he opens, I don't know how Rav Chaim Kanievsky used to open his doors for whatever for an hour or two a day, so it would be okay for him to put on a jacket even if he wasn't wearing a jacket uh, the rest of the day. <laughs> because you're presenting yourself as a uh, as a rabbi. Part of presenting yourself as a rabbi is to have uh, to have svarim. They say Rav Aaron Cutler, wherever he went, always had. You ever look at pictures of Aaron Cutler? He always had a Mishnah Brura under his arm. I think there was uh, some kavanah in that. He wanted everyone should always see. I don't know. He probably knew the Mishnah Brura by heart. I don't know if he needed a Mishnah Brura under his arm. He, uh, he 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 wanted to to make the impression that this is what we're busy with. So it was uh, it was a teaching moment, even if it wasn't a using the safer moment. As far as Bizayun Hasfarim is concerned. Rav Asher Weiss writes that there is generally an issue to use farm for mundane purposes. Mishabura says in Kufman Dalit Sivkat Namad Aleph that you can't use farm to protect yourself from the rain. There's that famous story, I forgot who told it, that uh, I think uh, someone said that when they were a, when they were a child, uh, the mother was dropping them off at public school, and they said, I could tell the difference between the Jewish children in the school and the non-Jewish children in the school. How can you tell the difference? So none of them were from anywhere. She said, the, the Jewish children, it was raining outside, there was a drizzle. The Jewish children were hiding their books under their jackets so their books wouldn't get wet. The non-Jewish children were holding their books over their head to protect themselves from getting wet with their, with their books. I mean, that's built into, like, our conscience, right? That, uh, that when we, if you're going out in the rain with a safer, you don't hold the safer over your head to protect you. You put the, you protect the the safer you put the safer under your uh, under your jacket under your coat. So Mishmur says that's a halacha. So uh, nor can you even use a safer to hide behind so somebody won't see you. Right, you're somewhere that uh, you don't want to talk to someone and they walk into the room. So you just hold up the safer like that. So you're not supposed to do that either. Even using a safer to prop up another safer during the course of learning is a machlokas haposkin. According to Mishmur and Simshin to 
there's a lot of sifkat and lamid, and the Tas happens to be machmir about that. But in all of those cases, you're using the sefer for a mundane purpose. But when you just leave it out on the table, the same way you would if you were learning, it's not a bizayon, it's not a use of the sefer for a mundane purpose. It's like taking a meeting or a picture in your uh, in your library, as opposed to in the kitchen, like we spoke about before. There's no iser hanaa from svarim. It's just that you're not allowed to use have a tashmishal chol of svarim. Um, I know of a time that somebody asked uh, Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach to take her picture with him. Rav Ashwai says that he knows of a time. I know of a different time, I'll tell you my time. But Rav Ashwai says he knows of a time. Someone asked Rav Shlomo Zalman to take a picture with him. Rav Shlomo Zalman was the most idle, sweetest person. So, of course, he said, yeah, take a picture. And then the guy had the chutzpah to ask Rav Shlomo Zalman, can we open the sefer, you know, in the, in the picture? Like, as a, like, you know, Rav Shlomo Zalman just agreed to take a picture with you. you know? But the guy, the guy asked Rav Shlomo Zalman, we are, I guess he wanted to make it look like they were learning. Like, like yeah, me and Rav Shlomo Zalman, you know, learning together from, from the sefer. So Rav Shlomo Zalman and said, yeah, sure. So he opened up the Sefer. Um, uh, and apparently Rosh Hashanah didn't think that it was Aser. So Rosh Hashanah says, but it could be as soon as the guy left, Rosh Hashanah learned from the Sefer also. So maybe it's, uh, it's not a Raya. But Lavi Greenspan told me that, uh, that before he went blind, when he was uh, younger, he, he said he was always a Mechutzuf. He always uh, had a lot of um, you know, courage to, uh, to ask people for things. So if you know Levi Greenspan, he learns with like every gadol be Israel. He has like a once a week uh, phone call with like every every gadol on the planet because he he goes you know he pushes and he asks. So he said that when he was uh, younger, he saw Rav Shlomo Zalman in Yerushalayim and he asked Rav Shlomo Zalman uh, for for uh, for a picture, um, and uh, Rav Shlomo Zalman said sure. And uh, I think if I recall correctly, Levi said. Um, uh, can you put on the strimal, you know, or, or like, uh, like he, he asked, or maybe take off the strimal. I don't remember what, uh, you know, what, what, what the conversation was, but Levi had asked him something like that. So uh, I'm sure he'll correct me. He'll tell me that what the actual story was. But that's, you know, so, so, uh, so in this case, Rav Asher said, apparently it's not really such a problem to use a safer for that type of thing. But I think in general, you know, the, it's possible, it, it, the, if, if certainly if you're going to take out the safer and then learn even just a little bit from it, that's, uh, that's worthwhile. It's a good anhaga, by the way, when you get new svarim, before you put it on the shelf, to just learn something from, uh, from every safer before it goes on the shelf. It goes on uh, the desk first, so that you can make sure to remember to learn something from it, and then once you learn something from it, otherwise the svarim are just props on your shelf. And uh, the svarim shouldn't just be props in your life, it should be something that's, uh, that's used, something that you, that, that, that you learn from. So I think in conclusion, a person should have a sense of whether, um, you know, whatever activity he's doing, whether it's coming from a positive side of his personality or as a function of his yetzer hara. saying when he has Kabbalat Kahal, that he wants some Svarim out on his desk, that it should look proper, that it should look Kavadik. But at the same time, the situation we described earlier, a guy comes early to the Ismajr and fills up his Makom with Svarim that he's not using so that someone will come and think that he's learning. That's obviously not the Midasam. Sometimes you have to trust yourself. Know that if you feel guilty about it, there's probably a reason you feel guilty about it. And if you don't feel guilty about it, then it's probably, uh, then you're probably the same Shemayim in this kind of uh, this kind of situation. Okay. Um,